ATP podcast. This is episode 133. That feels like a good number. You know, one, 133, you know, it's like one plus three. There's a, there's a special number in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> um, you can edit that part out later. No, I'm, I, I stick my landings, even if they're ugly. Um, I think what's going to happen is uh, the snow and the rain are finally gone. Just in time for Indian Wells. Yes. And now we're able to get the ball back rolling, build up some momentum doing this podcast every week. Yes. How have you been feeling, man? How's the weather treating you? Oh, man. Uh, uh, it, it's good. Uh, I know a lot of people reporting uh, uh, the snow in uh, California as if Californians have never seen snow before. But uh, it's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. I think we got snow literally 2020. It snowed. Yes. Um, like it just recently snowed. So I was a little bit confused by the surge of popularity from everyone going it snowed in san bernardino yes exactly I was like, yeah that happened um, not too long ago but right I, I think it's funny but it, you know it's cool i can only imagine if this happened during indian wells oh yes that'd be that'd be crazy that'd be crazy for sure so <clears throat> we're gonna get started with wta news first we have a uh, coco goff she's the first uh player to feature in two different semifinals in uh, WTA events before turning 19. Hmm. So um, she featured in the Doha semifinals, mm-hmm. losing to Mommy Iga. Yeah. Uh, we do know that Iga just has a dominant record versus Coco Goff. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, uh, uh, Coco Goff making two consecutive uh, uh, WTA semifinals be- uh, at the age of 19? Um, you know, for me, it's, it's nothing shocking. It's nothing, nothing surprising for her. I'm actually surprised to find out this the first time because it just seems like she's been very consistent to me, you know, not to say she's been winning a bunch of tournaments, but she's already had my respect as an athlete who could accomplish that. Yes. Um, almost to the point you forget how old she is. Right. So I guess the real statement to make is. She's clearly destined for something special. It's just, it's not if, it's when. Right. You know, she's got another potential, depending on how she treats her body, 20 years of tennis left. She's going to figure out something and make it click. So, you know, congrats to her. And I hope that she takes care of her body because it's going to happen. It'll, it'll, it'll work out for her really well. Yes. Uh, uh, so, again, to, to uh, clean up the statement, she's the first player since uh, early 2000s to make as a teenager to make two consecutive semifinals in a Masters 1000. Mm-hmm. So that's the stat there. Yeah, it's big. Now the big stat, this is huge. Uh, <clears throat> she talked about it in a uh, interview and stated that dad is not going to travel with her mm. up until maybe Indian Wells. So they're in Doha right now, Dubai, that area, and dad's not with her. And they said it's on purpose. Mm. And they want to try it out. Now, a lot of people have been saying that he's not helping her, that he needs, mm. that she needs a new coach. What are your thoughts on uh, Coco Goff uh, traveling with her separate coach, and do you agree with the decision? Um, I support it. I think that the eventual separation from the parent coach is not a bad thing. I think that a lot of times, I don't have a statistic for it, but I want to say probably the majority of the time at this point in your career, it is time for you to spread your wings and become your own athlete. So I'm, I'm happy for her, and I do think it'll have a positive outcome. She'll have less, um, less comfort in the camp and more discipline, more people who are there with only the purpose of being your coach and win, a winner with you, you know, and less of a familial support and stuff like that. I don't know her relationship with her father at all, but I can only imagine that he can never be just a coach or just a father. And I would love for her to be surrounded with people whose sole job and purpose is making her win matches. Right. You know, so I think that's a good thing. Yes. uh, She has a younger brother, 15, that is also a big uh, baseball player and is a big recruit already Mm. at the age of 15 for college baseball. So uh, that's that's another reason as to why, quote unquote, that he's uh, giving her her space. But again, uh, what do you say to the people that think that 
that that actually has been hindering her progress in tennis and and it's about time that she gets her own coach. Um, I mean, me and you both agree that the Coco Goff issue, first and foremost, before anything, is the footwork and the psychology behind the forehand. And the serve always going to the uh, forehand side. Yeah. Slice. Yeah. But what's funny is with that, although that's absolutely a weakness that will have to get addressed for her to become the player she should be. Yes. Um, half of your one wing of your whole game being a flaw like that to me. Um, it just proves that something needs to change within your circle or team. Right. So I think that everyone's absolutely right, and I'm, I'm, I'm right behind them with it. You know, I'm not gonna say it's her dad that's making her hit that forehand, but you know, I would love for her to get a more disciplined, dedicated perspective that doesn't have other brothers and sisters, fatherhood, and mentorship, all these other roles to fulfill. They're literally getting paid to just make sure you win. Yes. That's the goal. Yes, it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see if she can actually fix that yeah. and how high she can reach if she actually does. So She's a great athlete. She's so a great she, athlete, She can sure. definitely do it, for yes. sure. She has the mobility yeah. and the backhand. It's mm-hmm. world-class. Yeah. All she needs to do is fix that footwork on the forehand and that serve, Yeah, and she'd be a dominant WTA player, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to Pagula. Now, Pagula... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Pagula's the first American player to reach five consecutive quarterfinal uh, WTA 1000 events. Wow! Uh, just just to go over her uh, her her uh, uh, record in the WTA in the past five, five uh, uh, Masters 1000s, she made it to the semifinals in Miami, semifinals in Toronto, quarterfinals in Cincinnati. She won Guadalajara, and she uh, I think I. I believe she made it to the semis in uh, Dubai. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that accomplishment by uh, Pagula? Uh, amazing. Uh, I expect her to have a great first quarter, first half of this year. And I'm very interested to see what happens at Indian Wells. The tour will be coming to her home turf. And it's going to be a great opportunity to have home field advantage. A lot of camaraderie riding off of ATP Cup. And I'm excited for her. Yes, she is the top American by far. Yeah. Uh, she's she's dominant. Um, Iga did avenge her loss. There you go. She made it to the final. Or course, I think they played in the semis. Mm. And Iga avenged her loss against Pagula mm. uh, when uh, Pagula mopped her at United Cup. Mm-hmm. So that was a good feeling for Iga. Yeah. So, but Pagula's definitely, she's been stepping up her game for sure. Yeah. And now we have some Iga news. So mm. Iga as a number one player... In her first fi- uh, 60 matches, she's 52-8 and eight Wow! as the number one player. Those are Novak numbers. Yes. Only Serena at 55 mm-hmm. wins and five losses. And Justine Ennen at 54 and six losses have a better record than Iga. Mm. What are your thoughts of that? Is that stat impressive? And are you shocked that those two players, Ennen and Serena, had that uh, quality of dominance? So this is an interesting question. Is that stat impressive? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It is very, very incredible and impressive. Very Novak-esque, in my opinion. Now, can I compare it to a Henin or a Serena? No. Um, why? Because this this current competition is less loaded and stacked than back then. Let's keep in mind, Henin and Serena shared the same era. That's true. And both did that. Yes. Um, who is who is Hennen or who is uh, Iga sharing this era with? That's true. You know, so that's my only gripe. But it doesn't matter who's on the tour. You're a professional athlete playing the other professional athletes. To do that is amazing. But I do not put her in that same tier yet. Um, I would like to see someone step up to the plate and give her a run for her money, or I'd like to see her actually beat their record. Yes. One or the other. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it in the head. Uh, Iga doesn't really have the competition that Annan and Serena had yeah. uh, playing each other. Then you can add Venus and... Uh, there's tons. Sharapova. Kleisters. Kleisters, Davenport. It's, so there's a ton there. But mm. yes, it is an impressive uh, uh, record for sure. You still have to play the game. So yeah. Now, this is impressive, actually. Um, Barbara Krishkova, uh, she won the French Open singles and doubles in 2021. She hasn't done much since in singles. She's been fairly dominant in doubles, mm-hmm. but not in singles. Well, that changed in Dubai. 
she beat the number one, two, and three player to win the title. She is only the fifth player to do that. That's some Stan Wawrinka stuff. What are your thoughts on that? That is wild. This is another one of those, I don't really care who was in the tournament. Beating the one, two, and three seeds is mind-boggling. So big, big shout out to her. Um, we shouldn't be surprised because of what she's accomplished already, but it's just great to see her reinforcing it and making it make sense. Yes. So that's that's a big boy stat. That's impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. As a matter of fact, she beat uh, Sabalenka, mm-hmm. who was on fire. Yes. Yeah. This is her first <laughs> loss of the year, Jeez. and and it was to Krishkova, then Pagula, and then Iga in the final. That is that so. is the heaviest heavyweights on the tour. Yes. Wow. So that's that's an impressive stat in my opinion. And mm. she is a great player and I'm glad to see her back. Yeah. And maybe that'll add a little flair in the WTA top five. Oh, yeah. We I expect a lot of momentum, a lot of morale boosting. She's gonna be dangerous moving forward after doing that. Yes. So the other four players to do it was Steffi Groff at mm. the ninety nine French Open. Mm. Serena Williams did it in two thousand and two Miami. Mm. Venus did it at the WTA finals in oh eight. Mm. And then Savalenka did it in the uh WTA finals. Mm. Uh beating uh Jabor Pagula and then Iga. Jeez. So that was impressive as That's well. That's some big company. That's yes. some big company. And then to add to that stat, Krishkova is also the only player to beat Iga twice. While Iga's the number one player in the world. What are your thoughts on that? I smell a rival. I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I hope this continues. Yes, I hope so too. So now uh, we're going to do a quick congratulations to the Doha champion, which was Medvedev. Big Med. Big Med. He beat Murray in the final. Now Murray had an impressive run. We've been talking him up a lot. Uh, are you shocked that Murray made it to the final uh, to lose to uh, Medvedev. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm not surprised. Uh, Med or Andy Murray, after seeing what he did at the Australian, I told myself, man, if he didn't have to play consecutive five set matches, he was putting together a level of play that was, you know, Masters 100, Master or Masters 500 or 1000 worthy. Yes. You know, where you only have to win two or three sets. So to see him get to that final is, it's perfect. It lets me know that. Whatever he found in struck when he struck gold at the Australian Open is something he can tap into consistently. So I'm pretty excited for him, and he made a huge statement there. He is officially the dark horse of anything he enters. Exactly. You don't want him on your side of the bracket. And he saved four match points in the semifinals to make it to the finals. Now, he's been making a big uh, deal of coming from behind. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if he actually got a lead? Instead of always playing from behind? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that if you have any? He's got to get those old man hips uh, warm earlier. <laughs> seems like he's just a slow starter. But in his defense, Andy Murray has always been a bit of a grind it out, make you stay out there with him all day kind of player. Um, I've seen him countless times, even in his prime. You, He starts off, you know, splitting sets with you. But before you know it, you're out in the middle of the ocean with him. And he's asking, can you keep swimming? Yes. And he takes a lot of guys' legs. So this tactic he's doing, I don't think it's necessary. I'm making fun of him, but it's right. not like a hip injury thing right. or him being washed up. This is his play style. He's a marathon runner. So, oh, big time. So I think he's playing some of his best tennis right now, and oh, I'm excited time. for him. Yeah, he proved that at the Australian Open, and uh, the fact that he was able to do it back-to-back yeah. and just go at it. Yeah, this is how he plays. So I don't want people who aren't familiar with Andy Murray history to think that he's teetering and fighting for tooth and nail to win these matches this is the andy murray story and high this is the way he's beat so many players right so you know this is this is great this is good news yes and now um big djokovic news he just broke steffi groff's record of 377 weeks at the number one spot i love that now he is the all-time leader men man or woman mm-hmm. as the uh, um, number one record uh, in tennis for weeks in number one Mm. what are your thoughts i'm a bit of a hater so i'm actually happy about this because i hated the fact that the person who had this record their rival essentially got wiped off the earth for a bit and that's how they kind of monopolized their number one ranking djokovic got his with the best players in history in his way so i think that now we can officially say the guy who has the record earned it 
legitimately cleanly and deserves it. You don't have to be a fan of him, but you know, before, you know, with the Monica Sellis thing and all that. Yes. I I I we all we all pretended that she didn't have the record. Let's just put it that way. No one talked about the record before. We all just talked about Fetter. Then you know, now we're talking about Novak. So yes. I love that. Yes. Um <clears throat> Prime Nadal. Mm-hmm. Now Federer did after 2010, he wasn't as dominant yeah. as you know, mm-hmm. but he still was in that era. So you do have to give him credit for sure. Yeah. And he also played his 12th, uh, 1,250th match of his career. Mm-hmm. He is 1,044 and 206. That is an 83.5% win ratio. Jeez. And that is the best in the men's open era. What are your thoughts on that? I don't want to admit it, but he's making it so undeniable. He's making himself the goat very slowly. And we all have to just succumb to it. Yes. Unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, he's, he's doing things that are just mind boggling and incredible. And he's literally still ascending. Right. He's still playing his best tennis. So what can stop this man? I don't know. Right. The only thing that I can hold of, again, I'm not a big Djokovic fan. I respect the, what he's accomplished, but the only thing I can hold is, well, he doesn't have a gold medal. Uh, and he wasn't as dominant as Nadal was as a teenager. Yeah. he, he uh, Nadal, Sampras, and some other person, I forgot the name right now, are the only people to win a major as a teenager, 20-year-old, and 30s. Djokovic mm-hmm. can't say that. So those are the only two stats that Djokovic doesn't own. So it, one of those he'll never that, get. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Other than that, he owns everything. Yeah. So it, it's pretty amazing, but you know, it is what it is. So now we have Todd Woodbridge. He's a a legendary doubles player. He said that this year is the best chance for him to win the Grand Slam, all four majors in one year. Obviously, he came short, losing to Medvedev in the finals at the U.S. Open. Do you agree? Um, I'm going to have to agree because if he waits another year, he's going to have a juggernaut Alcaraz on the tour waiting for him. He's going to have a more confident Pa, hopefully a little more developed. He'll have a healthy Kyrgios. He'll have hopefully a recovered in back playing well Nadal. Yes. Um, you know, this is the one time the French Open, Nadal is looking pretty shaky right now. Yes. You know, and usually it only takes Nadal one actual quality extended break to get back to where he can win a French. So I agree. I think this is that year. But what's funny for me is the French Open isn't what would concern me for Djokovic. It's the U.S. Open. Yes, I agree. You know, um, right now he just needs Nadal to have an extremely – tough draw which when does he not yes so yeah it'll be very interesting i agree with that statement it's yeah i catch. agree too exactly especially with nadal struggling uh he he has a chance to win the french open and uh not to go ahead of myself but alcaraz re-injured himself so it's kind of um it, it's up in the open for sure <clears throat> so now we have more news we have um more Djokovic news we have Juan Carlos Ferrero, who made a very interesting statement. He said that he's not going to call... Let me get his exact quote. Hmm. I'm not going to call Djokovic a liar, but it's difficult that he was able to play with the tear that he had at the level he played. Hmm. I had injuries myself, hmm. and I find it almost impossible. But you have to trust what he's saying, but... I don't want to call him a liar. That's Ferrero. What are your thoughts on that comment? I like it. I like the little jabs. Um, build up the tension. Set the mood because Alcaraz is on the way. And that your coach only talks like that when they think your player can back it up. So that lets me know that his camp is confident that Alcaraz is going to make some noise this year. Because talking that reckless... <laughs> That's pretty funny because it's completely unprovoked. Like the Grand Slam came and went. Your player wasn't in it. You shouldn't even have a horse in the race, you know? So um, I'm excited to see because we just saw Alcaraz play. Yes. So we know he's feeling pretty decent. Yes. Um, Yeah. What are your thoughts there? Oh, I love it. 
I love the fact that he's antagonizing him for no reason whatsoever. None. And and he he wants it. Uh, in last week's episode, he said, I want my number one spot back. Mm. So he's setting the stage for sure. I love that. And Fearless. As a, and as a matter of fact, Djokovic, he said it before, mm-hmm. but in an interview in, in his uh, recent tournament, he already said, the next gen is coming, but I'm not afraid of them. Mm-hmm. But Alcaraz stated, I'm not afraid of you. Mm. So it, it's good. And, mm. and, and I like the fact that um, Djokovic has a little bit of a rivalry. Have we heard from anyone else in the next gen ever that they're fearless of Novak? Have Every, we ever heard someone vocalize that? Everybody respects the heck out of him. Nobody yeah. has called him out as Alcaraz has. Mm. So I can't wait for them to play again. Mm. I'm sure. fired up. I'm fired up for it. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, Alcaraz news, he came back in uh, Buenos Aires yeah. and Rio. He won Buenos Aires being Nori. Mm-hmm. And then in Rio, they... Uh, played a rematch mm-hmm. but then you can tell that um, Alcaraz did struggle with the hamstring mm-hmm. and he is injured mm-hmm. uh, not to take anything from Nori but uh, he was injured hence why Nori won are you concerned that Alcaraz re-injured himself um, my main concern is him creating enough recovery time for himself to actually have a good season um, I'm not really worried about the hamstring for him he's young he's fit He's strong, but the kid plays extremely physical, and French Open is around the corner. Not really, but it is. Yes. I need him to be in peak condition for slams. Yes. As a matter of fact, he had entered Acapulco, where they're playing right now. Yeah. And Mackenzie McDonald was his first-round opponent and then got the walkover. Mm-hmm. And that was a first-round match, so he didn't even show up. That's what I like to hear. I want him to take care of the body and show up when it matters. Masters 1000 Indian Wells, take a break, come back for the clay swing. Yes. So, as a matter of fact, Nadal and um, Alcaraz had a exhibition in Las Vegas coming mm-hmm. up, and they were both withdrew from that. Mm. And speaking of Nadal... <laughs> They're both falling apart. Yes, exactly. <laughs> speaking of Nadal, he did make it. It is now official. The rumor was out, but it is now official. He will miss Indian Wells and Miami. Granted, he hasn't played in Miami the past couple of years. Yeah. But he has played at Indian Wells. Yeah. Which now it is official. He will now drop off the top 10. Yeah, that's a lot of points. He went to the final last year and lost right. to Fritz. Uh as an 18-year-old in 2005, he was in the top 10 till now. And again, as a, not that I like like Nadal, but I'm mm. a Djokovic hater. That's something that a uh, Djokovic can't do. Oh, my god! What are your thoughts on, uh, on Nadal and his uh, dropping out of the top 10 for sure now? Look, I had this emotion within me 10 years ago when Federer switched to the 97. And he, for the first time since 2002 or three dropped out the top 10 yes and my heart fell and i went no better (laughs) so i know how nadal fans are feeling right now but what you've got to realize is there's ebb and flows to the tour and you the fact that he's been top 10 this long is mind-bogglingly ridiculously crazy so this is fine this is normal honestly most of our most incredible champions went through this multiple times Nadal is an extreme unicorn rare exception. Yes. So, you know, this is fine. He will be back in the top 10 in the blink of an eye. And it's more important that he takes this rest and gets ready for that clay swing than he try to protect a couple of cheap points at a tournament he lost at. He's not even defending the title. So um, I think he's making the right decision. I'm happy he did it because I'd like to see actual competition at the French. I don't want to see some guy blow through all the, the uh, matches and the draw and just dominate. Yes, I, I want to see Nadal there. I'd like to see a healthy Dominic team there. I'd like to see Carlos Alcaraz there. I want to see Djokovic play well. You know, I want to see a loaded tournament. We don't get that at the French very often. Right. So um, this is one year where we have five or six people that I think play well on the clay. Um, CC Paw's pretty good on the clay. I was about to mention him. Don't yeah. forget him. Yeah, CC Paw's pretty good there. So we're at five already if everyone right. shows up healthy. Yes. Um, which means we have quarterfinal massive round matchups. You know, so it's something to look out for. Um, but yeah, uh, Nadal, 
it sucks, but I'm not. I'm happy he's falling out the top ten because now there's less pressure, less rankings to worry about. He's not answering the World Tour Finals at the last minute, chasing yes. all these points for accolades. You know, just focus on winning what matters. Yes, so. he has been doing that lately for sure. He shouldn't even have been at the World Tour Final. Yeah, the end of last year was a joke. Yes. He should have been on the couch relaxing. Yes, just relaxing. Yeah. Now he did show videos of him working out. Mm-hmm. So he did say he is trying to stay active, but just not on the court. So yeah. that is good news. Mm-hmm. And it, it's 900 consecutive weeks in the top 10. Jeez. So that record is now gone. Good for him, though. Yeah, so now we have uh, missing... Uh, players that are not going to be at Indian Wells. Uh-oh. So Nadal is mm-hmm. out. Uh, we have uh, Alcaraz is 50-50 right now. Mm-hmm. We have Corda who uh, injured his wrist in that uh, Hashinoff match. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. And he had to withdraw. He didn't withdraw, but he played through it. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't played since. Yeah. And he said he's still not ready. So he's not going to play. I mentioned this uh, for last because I know you love him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Go fan. Go fan is a no go. And the big name, Nick Kyrgios, said his leg is still not at 100%. Yeah. He doesn't want to injure it and wants to play um, more at the <clears throat> later on in the season. So yeah. he's not going to play. Yeah. What are your thoughts on all those names missing at Indian Wells? And is it worth going? That is massive. Um, those are some of the biggest ticket sellers. I think that um, the biggest ticket sellers right now on the tour are Nick Kyrgios, Rafa Nadal, and Carlos Alcaraz. Yes. To me, those are the the big boy names. And Tiafo. I'll give Tiafo that as well, just because the U.S. Open last year. So, you know, this is... This is kind of disappointing. And this is Indian Wells is one of those Masters 1000s that's extremely worldwide known and not dominated by the big three. So um, it's going to be interesting to see a wide open one where it's really just Djokovic there. Wait, I don't even know if Djokovic can't even play. No. Yeah. uh, California just announced that they're going to in the state of emergency COVID thing, but it doesn't go live until after Indian Wells. Correct. So that means this is a wide open Masters 1000. And I answer your second question. I still personally, for me, think it's worth going to for multiple reasons reason one the wta is making some good noise yeah they're making noise right now for sure good tension there and they're the american women and they're going to be playing doubles and singles together right so that alone is worth at least going two or three times if you're a fan of tennis and on the flip side there's still going to be some some of the men are going to be there that we want to support and see so yes the, all the american men are yeah. doing great so that'd be good but yes not having alcaraz there mm. i would have loved to have seen him for sure it, it's still not official yeah but him withdrawing from this exhibition with nadal he's not protecting and, that yes, many points there yes, either exactly so. so it's um you know but but as you just stated yeah the wta is making some noise especially with krishkova yeah and then iga obviously pagula and i'd love to see who's playing doubles with who as yes, well yes exactly you never know who's going to play with who yeah and that can always be entertaining enough i'm looking forward to the young canadians by the way uh, yes felix and chapo chapo yes. yes so i'm excited for them to be at indian wells yeah so that's going to be good too and then the last piece of news it just happened today terrell daniel i don't know if you remember him he uh, upset Djokovic when he first came back from his elbow surgery. Um, <clears throat> he was being coached by Agassi. This is a, a Djokovic at the time. I don't know if you remember that or not. But anyway, so he's a g- decent enough player. He's in mm-hmm. the top 200. He beat Rudd, the number oh, two player see, in the world. Yes. I did see that match. Yes. He had to qualify mm-hmm. to get into Acapulco. Mm-hmm. And he beat Rudd. Now, I know you're not a big Rudd fan. <laughs> Hence why I bring that up. But he's had, uh, after making the U.S. Open final, he's been super silent. He lost to Brooksby in Australia. I respect that. Yes. I don't think that's a bad loss, per se. And now Terrell Daniel, who had to qualify to get into Acapulco. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on Rudd? You know my thoughts on Casper Ruud. Yes. But um, to be honest with you, um, Casper has a, a play style to me that just, it's like a less intelligent Andy Murray. He's very counter He's very defensive. He's a grinder. 
Um, and I don't expect anything at all from him until he gets to the clay season. I think when he comes around to that clay swing, he'll make a little bit of noise. He'll he'll build up his points. He'll he'll be successful. Between now and then, expect the same results. Um, he's gonna he's he got blown off the court by Kyrgios last year at Indian Wells. He did. Um, and he didn't really make much noise until a few months later. So, yeah, you know, let me put my bias aside and say that this is not his time of the year. I think that he will he will show why he's ranked so high once the clay season comes. Then he'll make another run, hopefully at the end of the year again. And that'll be where he gets his points at. Uh, since you brought it up, in that case, uh, are you shocked that he made the U.S. Open final? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm totally shocked he made that U.S. Open final. I would never in a million years have guessed him. He would have been one of my last picks. So, you know... At the same time, who else have we seen make U.S. Open finals and disappear after? Yes. Kenny Shakiri, Marin Cilic. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a yeah, length. The, it's the, the list l- is huge. No other slam has a longer list. Yes. That's what I should say. So, you know, him making that slam final to me didn't make a statement of watch out. He's coming. Now, if he did that at the French or if he did that at um, Wimbledon, not the French, maybe. Yeah, Wimbledon. There we go. If he did that at Wimbledon, then you go, okay, this guy clearly has weapons. He's dangerous. To make it to the Wimbledon final, you don't do it without major weapons and offense. Yes. So then we make a real statement. So, you know, I will continue to watch him. I know he takes his craft extremely seriously. I know he's a disciplined professional athlete. And he didn't get here by accident. Right. So, you know, the question is, where is his ceiling really? Because if you want me to be totally frank with you, to me, he is another David Ferrer. He's another Davidenko. He's one of those kind of guys. He'll be top eight for a good stretch, and then he'll disappear. Yes. And that's my guess for Casper Ruud. Yes. Now, you're talking about noise. He made the French Open final, so he better yeah. have a good result. Uh, he made the U.S. Open final, so he better have a good result. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to make noise at Wimbledon and prior to the U.S. Open swing. That yeah. Cincinnati, Montreal, all that, if he wants to keep the two spot. Mm. Because there's a lot of hungry players that are coming for it. Yes, there are. So, Casper, you better step it up. Oh, that two spot's gone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else to add? Do you have any news? Uh, I do have one thing. We okay. have one player that me and you have probably forgotten about. But we used to scream his name all the time. And he made a statement. Um, this man is Milos Raonic. Oh, Nice. Milos Raonic wants you to know, and I quote, I am not done with my career, and I would like to make a comeback. He has been as high as world number three and has been plagued with injuries, but he wants the world to know he's not done yet. That's that's pretty big. Yeah, so he's talking about potentially coming back this year. Um, let me see if I can look up the last time he's played in a tournament, because I can't even remember I don't the remember, last time honestly. he played anything. I really don't. Um, it looks like the last time he played was the first round of a tournament in July of 2021. Wow. So it's been quite a long time. But yeah, he's he's hoping to make a return. And honestly, what do you think about that? If, if he comes back healthy, where do you think he places on the tour these days? His movement was always a, a, a problem. Mm-hmm. His, his serve and forehand were always the big weapon. Uh, his one-two punch was the big weapon. Mm-hmm. Um if if he's fit enough with that serve and forehand, I can see him in the top 20 if he's fit. If he's not, then it's not going to happen. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, I think that's pretty much all of my news. I had one little fun statistic. This isn't really news or anything. It's not even a crazy stat. But uh, they posted the percentage of seeds. When, or They posted a seeding. And then what's the percentage chance that player is going to win a Grand Slam final based on history? I see. So um, they said, if you are seated outside of the top 10, there's a 10% chance you can still win the slam. If you're seated 6 through 10, you only have a 7% chance. Your odds are worse. Um, if you're the third seated player, you have an 11% chance. And if you are the second seated player... You have a 26% chance of winning. So, um, 
it's pretty interesting that people outside the top 10 have better odds than the guys ranked 6 through 10. Um, I'm, I'm pretty curious about that. That That is actually a very interesting stat for sure. Yeah. The number one player, can you guess what percentage they have of winning a slam? 25%. 34% chance. Close. So that means roughly... What, one out of every three slams is won by the number one seed? Yes. That's, that's pretty crazy. Yes. That's a pretty crazy stat. So, um, yeah, man, that was my last little tidbit. Yeah, that was a good one. So, I hope you guys were entertained.